Right, guys, so it's going to be a somber news day. We're going to talk about this day. We're going to talk about the tragedy that has happened in Nashville uh, in regard to a school shooting at a Christian school, which has now left three children, I believe, of age nine deceased and three staff members deceased, as well as the shooter who has now been identified. So let's talk about it. Right. Not the news that you ever want to uh, wake up to in the morning, certainly, and not news that you want to be updated on throughout the day. But we do have a story out of Nashville and I'll, I'll read some of this article from The Daily Wire. The title is Female Shooter Kills At Least Six, Including Three Kids in Nashville Christian School Shooting, officials say. So. We now have the name of the person who has committed uh, this heinous crime, and that is Audrey Hale, who is a 28-year-old female who killed at least three children, as I said before, and three adults uh, at a Nashville Christian school. Now, the shooter, I guess people quickly deduced by looking up a LinkedIn profile, identifies as he him but is a biological female and apparently is an illustrator and graphic designer who may or may not i'm not sure that this has been confirmed yet and you guys can correct me if i'm wrong uh, may or may not have attended this school as a child so this was a christian private school uh that this person decided to go and shoot up this morning leaving six people dead now of course uh, we have some footage here uh, and if you guys don't want to watch this, don't watch this, but this is the children coming out of the school this morning. I believe this took place in Green Hill is the the area uh, and of course some commentators have come out and, and said a lot of done, done a lot of research in regard to who committed this crime I believe Candace Owens even lives in this area so uh, hit close to home for her I'm sure and of course a lot of people are looking at this and going well it's a Christian school I wonder if this was somehow a target of this person Audrey Hale and that she directly meant to go there could have been a former student uh, as some sources are saying now but apparently there's been a manifesto left by Audrey Hale, I believe in her home, as well as a map that mapped out her plan to go to this private school and shoot as many people as possible. Now, she had two rifles, apparently, and a handgun that she went into the school with and was subsequently shot and killed by police officers who quickly showed up to the scene. Now, this is rare and very strange to see somebody who is female committing a mass shooting. Some are saying that uh, this is the fifth female mass shooter in U.S. history, according to some sources, although I I'm sure that's debatable just depending on what their definite what definition they're using to define a, a mass shooting i know taylor you said you saw a similar story of another trans boy i believe teenager who in 2021 shot up 2019 in colorado 2019. the stem school was shot yeah shot up by um, a trans female to male yeah so 
I initially heard this because I was on the Megyn Kelly show and we were about to wrap up and the news came in that the shooting had occurred. And the initial report said that this was a Nashville teenager, although now based on the profiling that we've seen of Audrey Hale, I believe she is 28 years old and again identifies as he, him. All of her social media for the most part was scrubbed except for the LinkedIn profile that many were able to find. And I'll show you a screenshot here. This is the LinkedIn profile. Uh, And Instagram and Facebook, of course, are linked, but people want to go and find them, and they have apparently been scrubbed off the internet very uh, efficiently, I I might say. And I get, I I assume part of the reason that they go and do that is so that the identity of the shooter is not coming out in full force and everybody's talking about it. But I wonder if there's part of this that they just don't want people having information about this person's personal life. Uh, And... We'll see if this manifesto for the reasons why this person did this are going to come out. But again, we're talking about six victims, three adults, three children, and those children have now been identified as being nine years old. Uh, Nobody should have to worry about this when going to school. Nobody should have to have this even cross their mind. They shouldn't even have to ponder this this sort of occurrence happening, let alone live through it. I can't imagine what it's like for the students who are at the school that day, the faculty who were at that school that day, the parents who, once they sort of corralled the children outside of the school, have to show up and see if their their kid is still there. It is truly devastating and points to a very deeply set crisis in our society. And as I said before, it is very rare to see, body, see somebody who is a woman or a female commit a crime like this. But I don't want to necessarily say that it's surprising given the state of mental health among young women in today's society. And we're going to get into some numbers as we uh, go through this about female suicidality uh, and female mental health, which has been on a rapid decline as of late. And there are, are many factors that are contributing to that. Of course, when this came out and the pronouns he, him were now linked to the perpetrator of this crime, the Internet has uh, run with it and people are talking about trans movements, which it seems uh, this person, Audrey Hale, was somewhat motivated by in artwork that has been published uh, directly linked to the LinkedIn and other social profiles. There's stuff that... Uh, she did an Eminem campaign, apparently, where she put M&Ms in the form of a rainbow and said, uh, born this way. She does a lot of content and illustrating that is aimed towards children. And there are some online details that she's written saying that she enjoys spending her free time at uh, children's parks, which is an interesting thing there. I mean, I don't want to get into necessarily speculating uh, as to what happened here. They have found a manifesto linked to this person. I don't know that that will be public information or if they will uh, just save that and keep that information for themselves for the investigation. But it'll be interesting to see. Of course, many people are making the connection between this being a private Christian school, possibly attended by the shooter and the shooter now being a 28 year old who has he him pronouns and has seemingly transitioned at least socially as uh, the LinkedIn profile, although saying Audrey Hale in the title says he, him, and below it seems as though Audrey Hale refers to herself as Aiden, uh, which may or may not be the chosen transitional name for her. So, I mean, uh, it's, it's a horrible story. 
and it just represents another downfall here in in our society and just a failing of so many people, not just the children and the adults that were killed in this case, but also of, I'm, I'm sure, uh, just mental health and, and looking into and identifying people who are threats. We find so often with people who commit these massive acts of, of destruction and homicide that there are telltale signs that they might go down this path. And often we don't talk about these telltale signs. Many of these shooters, although more often than not are male, are on some form of watch list or have shown signs uh, within their their school grounds of wanting to be violent or having violent tendencies or thoughts. Uh, they might be on FBI watch lists. They might be on SSRIs from having received mental treatment. And I mean, unless this is an undiagnosed case of gender dysphoria, I imagine there was some sort of mental health intervention in Audrey Hale's life. But again, that is just speculation. We have no idea at this point as this story just continues to develop. We just got the name of who perpetrated this act, what, I don't know, 30, 30 minutes to an hour ago. So I don't quite know uh, what to say here. I, I don't want to hop on here and, and make a direct link between the transgender movement and violent tendencies and things like that, because I would simply be speculating that that is the motive. Although we can look at this connection between a Christian school and a trans person and say, maybe that's there. I don't want to jump the gun and say that's there. I would like to wait uh, because it just doesn't service anything to to run with that right now. But the facts are there. I am curious to see how the media is going to cover it, cover this. We have seen now uh, in a sort of press briefing that it has been announced publicly and live on air that Audrey Hale does identify as transgender. So it doesn't seem as though they're running away from that narrative. Uh, we'll see how much coverage it gets and what kind of coverage it gets. Some are speculating that now they're going to run with a narrative that because Audrey Hale attended an indoctrination camp of a Christian school that her needs weren't taken care of, her mental health needs weren't taken care of, and her gender dysphoria was not taken seriously. And that is what has led to this heinous act of going into a school and killing children. Uh, any any thoughts, Taylor? I mean, what can you say? Obviously, first and foremost, it's it's a, tra it's a tra terrible tragedy. Yep. It's, it's a little close to home for me. I moved to Nashville three months ago. Um, we were, my wife and I just went on a date in that neighborhood of Green Hills, just like last weekend. Uh, so it's, it's pretty close to home. And of course, you know, it's just unimaginable what parents are going through and the families of the faculty and staff at the school that lost their lives today. Um, but you know, this situation is one in which, you know, it's, it's not difficult to connect the dots. And like you said, we we don't want to just run and jump the gun with these narratives. We're still getting a lot of new information. Uh, it's changed rapidly. Like you said, at first we thought it was a teenager. Um, mm -hmm. There was a lot of concern early on about the name not being released at once the while they were already searching the person's house. So they clearly knew who it was. But, you know, it, all this stuff happens. It's only it's it's an hours old story. And so it's it's irresponsible to to jump the gun on this stuff. Um, of course, we're already seeing in the media and from uh, other sources that you would expect just to kind of immediately swing the conversation in the realm of gun control, which I'm sure will be hashed out over the next few days. Um, but it's really unfortunate because just the facts of this case, as we know them, um, do paint a picture that make it very difficult not to connect the dots, like you were saying, mm -hmm. of, you know, Christian school, probably some childhood trauma there, uh, plus 
the, the fact of a mental illness, if somebody who is, is choosing to be transgender, meaning they're dealing with gender dysphoria, then the, it raises the question of, was there cross-sex hormones involved? If you have a female who's taking testosterone, you know, could that lead to an aggressive behavior? That's a valid question to ask. And we don't know those facts yet, but it's certainly, you know, part of a, a picture that, that we're painting. And then there's the element of ideological extremism and like, you know, is, could this have been an ideologically motivated? And, and the truth is it's probably, uh, on the pie chart of reasons, you know, there's all these things are involved to the person's experience with trauma, their mental health, uh, possibly the, whatever treatments they were on, whether it's SSRIs or some kind of, uh, cross-sex hormone treatment. We it's, it's, it's too early to go down that route, but it does kind of paint a picture where it's difficult not to, not to kind of start to form what you could see as an explanation for this. That's, that's plausible. Yeah. And you hope that it's not motivated by some of the rhetoric that we're hearing surrounding trans issues today of if people don't accept you, you know, they are not good individuals. They're incompassionate. And I could see how somebody could make the connection between that and a Christian school and just say, well, these people are inherently against who I am as a person. Why not make that the, the target? And, and that's because I, I've not yet seen confirmation that Audrey has uh, attended this school. And there's reports saying that Audrey went into the school through a side entrance, which is, again, going to bring in questions of uh, accessibility to schools and having just one direct entrance that people go into and they have to ID themselves. And it's just crazy that we have to have uh, the, these conversations that schools are so unsafe that uh that these things are occurring. And this uh, should be noted, it was a very small community. I think there was just 200 plus students who attended this school. So a very tight knit, small uh, Christian community at this private school in particular. And just just uh, a devastating thing to have, have seen happen. Now, I'm going to show you this next clip of our current president opening up for an apparent press briefing, I believe, on this issue. And People are saying he was versed on what he was going to be talking about before being live on air, before being handed the microphone. He was told you will be addressing a Nashville school shooting where three kids and three staffers have died along with the perpetrator. I don't know what's going on here. Uh, this video now has a million views. Here is President Biden opening up for his speech on that subject. The White House. My name is Joe Biden. I'm Dr. Joe Biden's husband. Now, I imagine the crowd maybe doesn't know why they're there. I'm just really confused by this whole situation. Does nobody know why they're there to talk right now? Because the headline says Biden addresses deadly Nashville school shooting. Uh, I don't know. And I ate Jenny's ice cream, chocolate chip. I came down because I heard there was chocolate chip ice cream. By the way, I have a whole refrigerator full upstairs. I think I'm kidding. I'm not. God. Ben, how are you, pal? One of the best guys in the United States Congress, Ben Cardin. <laughs> Folks, uh, it's a delight to have you all here. And who are those good-looking kids back here? They're your kids, all four of them? Yes. Well, stand up, guys. John, we'll jump back in here. Um, yeah. As uh, considering uh, the moment. Like you. Um, we were, we were a told that the shooting yeah. that just happened uh, left three children dead. 
Uh, three adults dead, shooters dead, and we were told he would be addressing this F off the top. Yeah, it's uh, rather surprising. I thought that a somber President Biden would have come to the podium here and addressed the school shooting. Yep, I would have thought so, too. That was very, very strange to watch. And again, it could be a multitude of things. Maybe he was not versed on what he was talking about before being sent out, although that makes absolutely no sense to me. Maybe the audience was not aware of what he was going to be talking about. That makes a little bit more sense as far as the laughing and the cheering and the uh, having the kids stand up and that sort of thing. Or maybe he is not mentally fit enough to be going out and handling issues of breaking news like this uh, with the temperament that is necessary to cover something like this as the leader of the free world. Maybe not, because when you're talking about kids being shot in school, I don't think references to ice cream and the reason that you're there being that you heard there was ice cream is necessarily appropriate. And then the issue about uh, bringing up how gorgeous the, the kids look. Who are, who are these good-looking kids? <sighs> what a day. Super and I see some commenters saying that video was edited. Then why would the Fox people have reacted in the way that they did, saying it was highly inappropriate? I'm pretty sure that's a real video. And it's, you know, regardless of partisan politics or anything, that's just not a good look uh, for that you're the leader of your country to be responding to a situation like that. Just no bueno. Yeah, I just want to think he's uh, going through a strong case of, of his dementia flaring up because there just does not make any sense as to why you would have that sort of reaction if you are of sound mind. Uh, so that makes no sense to me. Now, let's get into the discussion about the rarity that something like this happens. And by something like this, I mean a female shooter being responsible for a tragedy like this occurring. It is very rare. Uh, some reports saying that this is the fifth time in U.S. history that something like this has ever happened. And like I said before, female mental health is not doing very well right now. And we've heard reports of this. Often. We talk about it on this show often. Uh, the influence of social media on females' mental health, the influence of just modernity and general and the current state of our society on, on female mental health, the influence of gender ideology on female health, where we see among young people unprecedented numbers of young women identifying as gender fluid, gender queer, non-binary, transgender, which is exactly what's happened in this case as well. A young woman, 28 years old, who identifies as trans is the perpetrator here. And it mustn't be ignored that there are psychological comorbidities that go along with an identity like this. And this is not to come out and do what I think a lot of people are doing right now and say that these people maybe have a violent disposition or that they are inherently violent in this way. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is you cannot ignore the multitude of reports, studies, and research that state that people who are struggling with this affliction of gender dysphoria and going down the path of actual gender transition often are dealing with a multitude of other psychiatric comorbidities. We're talking uh, manic depressive disorder, uh, clinical depression, anxiety, a lot of different things. Uh, and there are many studies to back that up, some of which we've referenced on this show several times before. Uh, you can look up our previous videos. So, 
I don't think anybody of sound mind commits a crime like this. There is almost always, uh, probably always, I, I don't know how anybody goes into a school or commits any sort of act of vicious violence like this without being motivated in part by mental illness. I just don't think the human brain is wired to commit such acts of violence. Now, if you look at this this chart, and this is on statistica.com, the female suicide rate, which this is, is essentially uh, a form of, of committing suicide, uh, going in and shooting up a school and waiting for police to respond and then having your life taken. Look at the rates just growing here. And this is among all age demographics of, of women. The only one that has remained sort of stable is ages 75 and over, which which makes total sense. You've made it to 75 in life. I don't think they're often pondering uh, ending their, their existence on, on this earth. But look at the rates just growing and growing and growing and growing here. And the school shooter in this case is in this gray demographic, 25 to 45 years old. And look at how high that suicidality rate has gone from 2000 to 2020. This is a, a crisis and a crisis that needs to be talked about 100%. And if we, we look at other analysis, this is published by uh, PBS. This is in reference to teen girls because at first we thought this was with was a teenager, but I'm sure this moves on to other demographics as well as young people of just young girls identifying with a feeling of sadness and hopelessness in teenage girls uh, in in high school. This has gone from 36 percent in 2011 to 57 percent, 57 percent. It's it's getting towards doubling, whereas uh, males are not having that same problem. So clearly there is a distinctive issue with females in particular in whatever state our society is in currently where they're identifying with feelings of hopelessness, sadness, feelings of wanting to commit suicide and having suicidal ideation. And many of them, a large percentage, even attempting. And like I said, this is what this essentially is. This is death by by cop uh, while choosing to take other people along with you and right we'll, we'll, we'll see this manifesto we'll see what comes out and maybe a, a motive will be gleaned and will be announced properly by media which with with Uvalde it seems which was another recent school shooting that uh, that we saw happen it seemed like it happened the shooter was identified Zip. Zip. You didn't really hear anything in in regard to motivation for that shooting, what he was thinking uh, when doing that, why he would commit such an act. And uh, that information is, I think, deeply necessary when you're trying to solve a crisis like this. And a lot of people are going to run with the narrative of gun control, as we've seen many on the left and on the progressive end of the spectrum already running with and saying that this woman should have never had access to this to these guns. And you're going to see others say that this is a mental health crisis. I'm going to say uh, it's probably a mix of both. And this is not me advocating for the rolling back of the Second Amendment or stomping on people's gun rights in any ways. But if they're 
is any reports of them being aware of the violent nature of this woman's thoughts and having any sort of red flag as to what she was going to do, she should not have been able to be armed. And maybe a lot of people are going to get heated about this. And we talked about this on Megyn Kelly and, and Megyn Kelly as well took a strong stance on this. And she said, you know, if you're if you're stepping on the civil liberties of people who you think are going to go and commit a, a mass shooting like this and you have several indicators of this sort of behavior, activity and thinking, there needs to be something there needs to be something done about it. And I don't know how anybody could disagree with that. The only issue is who gets to decide what those indicators are and how liberally are they going to use those indicators on just regular everyday civilians. That's when we enter the slippery slope of having that conversation. But I will say we should focus on mental health 100 thousand percent but mental health does not change overnight if you are dealing with an entire generation or multiple generations of depressed males and females who are running rampant in our society not only with their ideology and the things that they're advocating for but with acts of violence like this it takes a long time to have a turnaround on mental health for an entire generation so while we are hopefully moving forward in trying to make changes and to address these problems and to make sure there is adequate care for people dealing with these afflictions, things are going to continue to happen like this. They are. Yeah, most common sense people, I think, will, are amenable to the idea of, you know, background checks or just making it more difficult, more screenings, more or preventing people with mental health issues from acquiring firearms um, I think that's, you know, and the, the devil's in the details with something like that. But like you said, everyone should be on board with wanting to understand the problem in all of its fullness and attacking it from every possible angle. And the gun conversation is only one small or not one small piece, but a one piece of of this conversation. And our friend Colin Wright at Reality's Last Stand uh, published a, a paper today on the univariate fallacy and talking about how there's a tendency in modern times, especially in the media, to reduce issues to one variable and then say it's all because of this variable. It fully explains the entire issue. And if we just fix this one issue, the one variable, then everything's uh, fixed. And that's just not how reality works. There are multiple facets to issues in life. And uh, this the school shooting issue is no different. And so mental health is obviously a huge component of that. Mm -hmm. The gun conversation is a component of that. And I think school security is another one that we could talk about. I think in the wake of the Evalde shooting, we crunched some numbers and came up with, with I don't remember what the exact figures were, but it was less than what we've sent to Ukraine, for example, over the last few months, um, and that you could staff virtually every public school in America with Armed, uh, full-time armed security guards, uh, which it's sad that we have to think about doing something like that. But if we're looking for serious solutions, like things should be on the table like that. And we should broaden the conversation and actually get into what can be done. What are the different things that are contributing to these things? Where are the gaps in our defenses against this? And let's do the best that we can with what we have and the resources available to us to mitigate against these kind of disasters. Because, you know, we it's so easy after these for people to say, how long until we do something? But there, that's always against the backdrop of a media narrative that's overly simplistic. And I think we need to do a better job of really seeking to understand the problem, understanding mental health, understanding the, the gun laws, understanding the security issues at schools and on all the different possible loopholes that we can tighten up to try to address this. Yeah, I yeah, I'm just 
curious to see how this goes. This could be a person with maybe no red flags in the system whatsoever, could be a person with no criminal history whatsoever. Uh, We'll know that as details continue to develop. But like I said, there is no way, no way somebody commits an act like this and is not dealing with mental illness. There's, in, in my mind, there's just no way. And uh, a lot of people will say, oh, well, this, this person is just evil. And they were, they were born evil, they grew up evil, and then the evil manifests in an act like this. I disagree and push back on those people because when you attribute these things to just pure evil, rather than saying that there may be something causal here that we should be able to, to reference, to talk about, and try to uh, mitigate around, it continues to happen. It continues to happen. I'm sure there are links to probably this person's childhood or early development where ideas like this were seeded and now they have manifested in adulthood in a very unlikely way. Like we said, fifth female to commit an act like this in all of U.S. history. And if the trend in female mental health And just the trend of desensitization to violence in this country continues. I can't imagine that she's going to be the last. I I just can't imagine it. I was thinking today about just how much violence we see on school grounds, uh, irrespective of mass shootings, because mass shootings is what we, we talk about a lot. But I don't know about you guys, but I've been seeing so many violent videos of of school fights and all these things all over the internet. Uh, you heard that story of the 17-year-old who essentially just t- tackled and beat unconscious one of his teachers for, for taking a Nintendo Switch. I hear of schoolyard fights. The high school or middle school, I, I can't quite remember, that I attended had an instance of somebody trying to bring a gun on campus to possibly shoot somebody who they were in conflict with. And I grew up in a very, very small town, very small town with a very small school. So it seems that this is growing and it might be just algorithmically that this is getting pushed out to people. But I find it hard to believe that we are not living in an ultra desensitized society as far as violence is involved, where people feel comfortable committing acts like this. And the more we are desensitized to it, the less we feel when things like this happen. And I don't know where else to say about uh, this entire story. We, we do have other stories that we can get into today um, and, and talk about uh, our thoughts, of course, not that they matter. I don't know how much thoughts do for the people who are dealing with this right now or the people who have lost their lives, but are clearly uh, with these families of the the children lost, the children themselves, the staff members who were lost, most likely trying to protect these kids from just somebody who has decided to throw their lives away and throw the lives of others away. And you just hope to not hear stories like this. But like I said, uh, here we are. Here we are, and this is what happens. We'll keep you guys posted as more more develops. Of course, I would love to uh, get a look or at least hear about what this manifesto involved and what was what was written in it and see if some of the things that people are speculating about are actually true in regard to this person. If they even attended the school, I don't know. We'll, again, get more to you guys as the, the story develops. So we're going to move on. Uh, and tough transition, but yeah. Yeah, it's a tough transition. It's a tough, 
transition. We're going to move on and, and talk about some other news today because there's just not much more to to say about what's gone on here. Other news that came out out of uh, Fox News, and this came out of New Zealand, which we don't often talk about New Zealand on this program. And this is not to make a link between the shooting that happened today and and this story, although you are going to find that they do link uh, somewhat in, in subject matter. Trans activist shouted down women's rights speaker in New Zealand and doused her in tomato juice. Now, a lot of you are familiar with this woman, Kelly J. Keene, also known as Posey Parker, who has been sort of rising to fame as saying that she is a woman and advocating for real biological women, uh, using that definition of adult human female to describe what it means to be a woman and answering that question, what is a woman, in a time where it is, I guess, less than ideal to answer that question and answer it openly and correctly. Now, she was recently going to speak at a an event titled Let Women Speak uh, that was hosted Saturday in New Zealand. And some trans activists decided they weren't going to let that happen. And the British women's rights campaigner was doused with tomato juice. Here's the video. <laughs> So that happened, uh, and that is not the only attack that happened at this activist rally. A 70-year-old woman was repeatedly punched in the face at this rally for advocating for what she deemed to be biological truth, and there were many other brawls and things uh, that broke out in the wake of this event taking place in New Zealand. I can't say that I'm surprised by something like this happening. Not only is are these issues divisive in America, but they are divisive elsewhere. It seems as though the whole world is getting deeply entrenched in these ideological battles that are going back and forth, and they're getting increasingly violent as we continue to separate and discuss these issues. Now, when I see this video, what I my immediate thought is, thank God it was just tomato juice. Thank God that nothing else happened because... Look, she she walks on stage. That person's right there and could could have done anything to her. Could have done anything. And her security while standing behind her is not seemingly very active. That could have been a dead woman, that could have been a beaten woman, and that at the very least she she got tomato juice all over her. It could have been much worse. She could have been like that 70-year-old woman and been punched in the face. But it's just horrific to think that you can't espouse your views publicly without having to worry about something like this happening. And of course, Kelly J. Keene, a.k.a. Posey Parker, is not backing down in the wake of an attack like this. She's standing even stronger, hitting the news, hitting her show and saying, I stand by everything that I'm saying. And the fact that I'm getting responses like this shows how necessary it truly is to do what I'm doing. She very much reminds me of J.K. Rowling, who is going through the exact same thing as her, having spoken about biological truths and trying to protect women while also being doxxed, having trans activists show up to her house, threaten her, threaten her husband, threaten her children, all because she chooses to acknowledge reality. I've been listening to uh, The Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling, which is a fantastic podcast that has been put out uh, and you guys should all listen to. Not only does it go through the background of her her rise to fame and her career, but just how devastating the response to her trying to protect women has been on her and her family. And it's just so crazy. So crazy. 
to think that we're living like this right now. Yeah, and the 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 quick the quickness with which a lot of these activists just descend into this mob mentality and are so quick to dehumanize people who are the transgressors of their of their norms that they want to impose on society. If you're if you're othered, if you are seen as a, a violent or a seen as a threat to their ideology or or you know you're a threat to them then you all of a sudden there's just this mob mentality we saw what was it i believe at at stanford and some other universities just in recent weeks similar like teachers being or speakers being shouted down and mm. and just bullied off of campus and you know this is why our culture used to revere the the idea of free speech and the idea that hey i i may not agree with what you say but i'll die for your right to say it that used to be a very commonly held sentiment uh in our country and i believe still is for most common sense everyday people but uh in these universities and among the corners of the internet where this people are adopting and getting deep into this uh ideology gender ideology woke ideology crt this this stuff uh it is radicalizing people and it's causing them to behave in the totalitarian manner it's making them behave like maoists and stalinists and want to shut down speech that they disagree with and stamp it out and intimidate and bully people into silence instead of inviting their arguments and defeating them with better ones and so it's just it's very crazy to see that that the deterioration of uh of our society when it comes to help, like, enshrining the value of free speech and uh just being able to disagree with people in a civil way and still live in a pluralistic society where we can coexist and it kind of dovetails with what you said about the that we're becoming desensitized to violence at the same time as we're becoming desensitized to the value of free speech and when you put those two things together you get situations like this right and people think this is righteous people are watching this video and cheering on the people who have assaulted it's, it's assault have assaulted kelly j keen aka posey parker in this video they are cheering it on that somebody is doing this and guys it's important to know that the threshold is very low from for jumping from something like pouring juice on somebody to assaulting them which is why we saw other people assaulted at this rally. If you accept that, if you accept an act that you deem to be, oh, well, it's not too violent. At least a message was, was stated and at least a message came across in her throwing tomato juice. At least she didn't hit her. If you start to accept that, think about what you'll accept down the line as this increases and the just proclivity that people have to get more and more violent in their messaging occurs. It's going to occur and people are going to start to accept more and more of this and it is coupled with the dehumanization of people who disagree with you. Posey Parker is dehumanized in this moment because she disagrees with gender ideology. We are speculating, but it is very possible that those children who were attending that school and the staffers who were attending that school were dehumanized simply because of their chosen religion or their chosen set of ideals and values. This is what happens, and it only takes one person who radicalizes that to the fullest extent to have instances like what we saw at the Nashville school. It takes one person. So people need to be safeguarded from these ideas. They should not be desensitized to violence. It should hit home just as hard when these things happen, you know, multiple times, which they are unfortunately happening multiple times. It should hit just as hard every time. But unfortunately, that's not human nature. And that's not where we're at right now. Uh, I don't want to talk about really anything 
else today. It just doesn't make sense uh, after the stories that we've had today. I do want to present a shining light and somebody who I feel as though has done a, a beautiful thing with the platform that they've had, and that is Holly Holm. Holly Holm is a UFC fighter, uh, recently won her fight this weekend, and decided to use her platform uh, in her post-fight speech uh, in the Octagon to say, we should stop sexualizing children and we need to protect the children in our society. Super unfortunate that in the wake of that, we get a story like this uh, out of out of Nashville. But here's Holly Holm discussing why she decided to say that post-fight. Use your post-fight speech to use a platform, I believe, to um, sort of speak out against the sexualization of children. I'm curious if you wanted to use your platform again now to sort of go into further detail. You know, there, there's a lot of things. I don't ever want to be... Uh I'm not like a r real political person. I don't like to put that stuff on, on any of my social media or because I think there's just, but there's also just right and wrong. And I feel like everybody should be on the, the same side on that. I don't feel like that has anything to do with left side, right side or anything like that. I feel like everybody should be wanting to protect our children. And it, and there there's, there's stuff that is, there's a lot of child trafficking. And I mean, that's like the extreme part, but it, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of levels to it. Um, you just see it almost being more accepted, and I think that that's really sad. Um, mm. So I just feel like we should all do what we can. I know it's like a lot of people don't even know what to do, but if I can at least have a voice on it, then that's something I can speak out on. It And it's just to get everybody together to, to protect children. It's, uh, childhood is really affects people in their in their long-term life, too. I mean, um, I, I, have, I have friends that are adults and their biggest thing that kind of is a shadow kind of that dark space in them is being sexualized when they were young and I just feel like it's almost getting um, accepted wonderful plain simple to the point said that this is bipartisan it doesn't matter it doesn't matter who you are uh, any any sane reasonable person stands by exactly what I said and it's so crazy to think that what she said post fight could be seen as something controversial to say that we should protect children and stop sexualizing children and that she's seeing it in the world and that she would like it to stop. It's crazy that that has been deemed controversial. Uh, and yeah, just shout out to Holly for choosing to use her platform in that way and for saying, you know what, I'm not a very political person. I'm just recognizing that this is happening. And who knows, she didn't go into very much detail about the specifics of where she is seeing this happen, but I think we can all, in our own way, recognize where children are being sexualized at such young ages in this country. I'm sure when you heard her say that, if we got all of the examples that popped into our minds, we would have thousands of different examples. And that is terrifying. That's a horrific thing to think that we, probably all pictured so many different things in our head when she said one sentence, and that is stop sexualizing children. So anyways, uh, shout out to her for, for using a, a non-political platform to make a statement that virtually everybody should agree with and everybody should be able to recognize is a problem. Yeah, sanity and common sense is, should not be political. Mm -hmm. It's just sanity and common sense. So yep. if your political movement is pushing things that are insane and defy common sense, then that's where politics comes into the fray. But I think everyone, when you have something as simple as we shouldn't be sexualizing children, that's something everyone can agree on, not a political statement, just basic sanity. Yep. So shout out to her and go give her a follow and uh, 
just for that moment. And I mean, she posts fight stuff and her training and stuff, but and doesn't really talk about this. But yeah, go go support people who choose to use their platforms to support things that you deem to be valuable. I, I think that's that's really important. And it's an encouraging moment for these people to be to have them uh, reinforced in what it is that they believe. Because we need more people to do this. And I, I always say the UFC is based. You, you'll get a bunch of UFC fighters who just come out and post fight and just say base shit after they fight. So uh, shout out to just the UFC in general. Um, now let's get into super chats. I've screenshotted some of them. Hopefully I got all of them from I think you. I think I've got them too. Okay, perfect. Do you want to read them out? Sure, sure. Perfect. One sec. Okay. Um, we've got first Albert Nada Retro says... When the shooter is a straight white male, they don't hesitate to put the identity of the perpetrator. Yeah, this one took some time. I was seeing, obviously, we saw the report of the shooting come out. Then they came out with the numbers of just how many were were lost. And then I saw a streaming of the FBI at the shooter's house. And it wasn't until people on the Internet had said, oh, the shooter has been identified. And I believe through live streaming footage of a neighbor who was outside the house as the FBI were, were going in and as law enforcement was going in, somebody who used to babysit Audrey said, oh, well, that's Audrey Hale's house. And that's how the Internet, for the most part, found out. And that was released. And then the media confirmed it. It was uh, somewhat somewhat slow to get that name out there. But I, that could just very well be because they were trying to scrub the social media and time and which I'm ah, so on the fence about. I feel like if they've posted that stuff publicly and they have an Instagram open and they have a Facebook open, that should be there for the public. That person chose to post that publicly and uh, for them to scrub it off the Internet is interesting. Again, it could be because they don't want to encourage other people to be motivated by this person, but it also could be that they don't want you to have all the information. Yeah, sticky yeah. situation. Okay, a wonderful, weird one says the Joe Biden clip to me just confirms that he shouldn't be president. And I kind of feel bad for the guy because it's a stressful job. I love the show, by the way. Yeah, I mean, if we're going on what we think, and thank you for the way, for your love of the show. If we're going on what we think about Joe Biden and his mental capabilities, he's long gone. He's long gone. This position should have never been up for grabs uh, for him. And if this does not tell people that his mental faculties are gone and that are, they are not there, and if they are in just very short moments and snippets of time, I don't know what else you need to see to prove that to you. So much so that Fox News, instead of, which you would think that Fox News would just leave it on, leave the camera on him because he's saying something horrible and that would uh, technically promote their own agenda against Joe Biden, that they would just leave the camera there and keep filming him. But even they were so uncomfortable with the way that he responded to the shooting. They took the camera off and said, we don't want to show this anymore. So uh, just crazy. Well, they, they had mercy on all of us. Uh, Alfredo Ortiz says, thus years Women's History Month will go down in history with a ban. Okay, that's inappropriate. Never mind. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're just moving on from that one. Okay. Uh, to a much more appropriate one from Dixon Butts. Which, thank you for your super chat. Uh, Mental health is important problem that... Mental health is important problem. Is that instead of addressing the underlying issue, everyone just gets pumped full of drugs that mess with the brain. Yep. I mean, I will not be surprised if we get reports that this shooter is on SSRIs or some sort of other mind-altering medication. Uh, And we are 
most definitely in an over-medicated society and jumping straight to pills and medication to solve issues. And that's not to say that they are not helpful to some, but certainly not to all. And it seems as though all are getting this form of treatment. Absolutely. So Tula Helena says, hello from Norway. This is my first super chat. Hello, fellow Norwegian. I mean, I'm Norwegian American, but you know. <laughs> uh, I came in late to this live. I just wanted to say I was never interested in politics before finding this channel. Thank you for what you do. I learned so much from you. Keep it up. Oh, well, we're glad to have you and we're glad that you're learning something from us. We, we love to hang out and talk to you guys about this stuff. Not so much today as the, the news is not a, a particularly fun subject matter, but we do love having you around and we do hope you learn something. We don't identify as a political show, but uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll still take the love. We, we touch on it. We're not afraid to talk it's about anything. It's kind of hard not to, yeah, at this point. Don't apologize, gosh. if you will. <laughs> uh, Natalie Lomsky says, as someone with a MS in television studies, the amount of violence shown on TV today compared to the 90s is very concerning. I wish we knew more about how this has impacted mental health. Oof. You know, if I was ever going to like... I don't know, go back to school and do something. Maybe it would be to do like research on a subject matter like this. I've always thought about it when I see just even sort of, I don't want to say passively violent. I don't know that you can be passively violent, but sort of childlike violence that children are watching in their shows today that just simply did not exist uh, prior to everything uh just being televised like that. Of course, they had like comics and things and the cowboys and Indians and all that stuff. But it just got super intense as t television began to develop more and more. And it seems as though we got just increasingly comfortable with just allowing children to to see anything. And if if you guys want really wholesome children's content, Mr. Rogers, I will shout from the rooftops about how if you have children, show them Mr. Rogers and show him all the work, show them all the work that he has done throughout his career in television. And he even talks about how he turned on his TV and saw something as, as benign, really, as a clown throwing a pie in somebody's face. And his immediate thought was that children should not be exposed to this sort of content. And if you've I'll, I'm just going to go on a little rant here. If you've looked into experiments like Bobo the Clown, where children are given an example of what violence look like, looks like, and they immediately mimic that example that has been given to them, think about the amount of violence that they are ingesting through television and social media and kids' programs and how much kids love to emulate and mimic. I mean, they, they have no other choice but to absorb and mimic what they see. So... It is, it's just terrifying to think of what they're exposed to. Feeling dangerous, 113 says a lot of these indicators exist in a lot of these indicators exist. The system created by government fails to stop these unhinged individuals from getting guns. This has happened repeatedly, most recently with the Uvalde shooter. Yeah, it's just amazing. It's like. And ah, uh, here's another point and why I, they scrub social media and why I think they're motivated to do such a thing is that so often these people are very vocal on social media about their plans and about what they want to do. Uh, Nicholas Cruz apparently had posted photos of him and his, his guns and his intention to want to use them. So it's just time and time again, there are these 
just clear markers and red flags for these people and just clear indicators of what their future might look like. And it seems as though they're ignored. And maybe it's because so many people are showing these signs that it's hard to just get a grasp on all the individuals who are struggling like this. But I find it hard to believe that we do not have the systemic power necessary and the capabilities and resources necessary to come up with some sort of plan of action for identifying these people and doing something about it. Do something about it. Jeffrey Jackson says, Amala, you and Taylor and Cam are awesome. I'm going to have some tomato juice in honor of your coverage of these stories. <laughs> Drink it, don't throw it. We love that. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> Sarah says, as a cop and single mom of two living in California, raising young girls in this time is terrifying. Mm -hmm. There's a huge mental health crisis in our youth. I see it every day at work. Yeah, I just think, oof, how do you... Of course, I want to have kids. How do you have kids and not let them be exposed to this sort of stuff? Or if they are exposed, armor them with the critical thinking skills to know when something is not healthy for them. And that's going to become increasingly difficult. I mean, you're sending kids off to school where you have all these other children who are clearly exposed to other sets of ideas and technology and all this stuff. And those ideas are just free flowing. And it's hard to armor what a four year old is when they first start going to preschool and stuff. It's hard to have them be able to figure out what's what's real and what's not and what's doing the right thing and what's not. So I can't imagine what it's like to be a mom right now. Yeah. Uh, Chloe Demur says, if your message is violence and vitriol, your message is null and void. That video of that elderly woman being punched repeatedly was horrifying. Yeah. Uh, I just can't even imagine what would possess somebody. Well, I can't imagine. Well, let's be let's be frank. But the fact that it possesses people to commit acts of violence against eld an elderly woman, what is that going to do? What do you feel as though you are accomplishing other than just holding people under your thumb and beating them down to your will? And even then, you are not successful. It does not make people change their minds. It reinforces their ideas. And in fact, if you want less people to be, quote, bigoted against you, the worst thing that you could possibly do is commit an act of violence. This is going to motivate so many more people to be against transgenderism and for the people who are already on the far, far end of the spectrum as far as disliking transgender people, guess what it does? It pushes them farther. It's all that it, it accomplishes. It's just horrific. Sarah Bramanti says, I'm 13. Wow. Thanks for watching, what? Sarah. I hate to know that things like this could happen at any time. Again, I lived through a school shooting in fourth grade. Jesus loves you guys, by the way. Oh, wow. I can't imagine going through that. The, the closest experience that I've ever had to anything like that is being miles and miles away from Parkland when the Parkland shooting happened and being a student in Florida at that time. And that was horrible to to hear and to know that students what 45 minutes away were were going through something like that and you just hope that it's not you and you just never know where it's going to happen i don't think anybody would have woken up today and thought you know what i think i think a little small private 200 student christian school is going to get shot up this morning of course not you never think that uh and just at a moment's notice things like this happen sorry to hear that yeah uh, Alex Centineas says, hey there, gang. I hope that shooting wasn't too close to you or your fam. Taylor, uh, what do you think the breaking point will be when we all revolt en masse against this crazy gender, CR, gender th CRT theory gobbledygook? Hmm. 
Was that a question for you, Taylor? Oh, I don't know. I mean, he was hoping oh. I was okay, but oh, okay. I am okay. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, the breaking uh, point. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's it's tough to, you know, you, can, you have to de deal with each thing on its own. And uh, you can connect the dots between like today's events, maybe, and the gender ideology, but that's, it doesn't, you can't, it's a little bit of a leap uh, based on the evidence that we have right now. So right now, what we do know, we we have to address based on those facts. And we can talk about how to prevent school shootings with some of the preventative measures that we've talked about, whether it be better resources for investigating people ahead of time and, and getting uh, better mental health screenings with guns and uh, heightening school security, things like that. Um, but, you know, I don't think like an en masse revolt is necessarily the solution that we're going for. I think we want people to be think critical thinking and actually get to the bottom mm -hmm. of the issues and then come up with sensible solutions that mitigate against them without compromising civil liberties and other issues like that. So it's it's never easy, but you know you gotta gotta get to the right answer rather than just the, the easy impulsive response. Yeah, it's such a fine fine line we walk at at all times and. I think most reasonable people are looking at this stuff and going, I don't believe this stuff. And I don't think it's something that needs to be prevalent in our society. It just happens that the people who are in these higher positions of power are able to push through and sort of bulldoze over the, the reasonable and rational people who are seeing this happen. So I'd like to think it's soon that this stuff sees its way out, but it's been in the works for a long time and it's been being implemented for a long time. So really, who knows? Uh, we are definitely not in the business of making predictions because, as you know, your predictions are just bound to be broken. And one more thought on this is, you know, if if I'm angered by CRT stuff, I'm angered by, you know, sexualization of children, I'm angered by these school shootings. But this anger should drive you not to thoughtless mob action, but to critically engaging with these issues and getting to the bottom of the ideologies behind them, getting mm -hmm. to the bottom of the policies that are in place that uh, are being taken advantage of or loopholes in the system. Like it should motivate you to have a better understanding of what's going on in the world because only, you know, it's like in, in war, you need Intel on your enemy and able to, in order to enable yourself to defeat them. Um, and we're in a place now where we don't have the luxury of just sitting back in our quiet little bubbles of, Utop conservative utopia or whatever, uh, there, there, there's an all-out assault against a lot of the values that this country was founded on and a lot of just common sense and sanity. And it's not enough to just hope it doesn't come to you. It is going to come to you and to your doorstep. And so you, you have to, if you're angry, though, don't just respond with anger. Respond with critical thinking. Respond with getting smarter or respond with being educated on these issues. Respond with figuring out effective ways to fight back. If you're a parent, get involved in your, your school and your student's classroom. Uh, you know, there's there's ways to effectively fight back. And that's what the anger should motivate us to do is to, you know, it's like uh, there's a scripture that says, be angry and sin not. And in other words, don't lose your cool and let the evil corrupt you and make you replicated and spread more uh, vitriol that just polarizes things more. But instead, take that and harness that energy and apply it toward being constructive and, and building better solutions and actually fighting back so in an effective way. Yep. So there's my little soapbox for the day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dicks and butts. Thanks again. Always fun when you give a super chat. Uh, the, all the weird, powerful people lost their private kitty island, and now we have all this stuff. Maybe Epstein was protecting us all along. Highly doubt. <laughs> Wait. Now, I don't. I don't know that there's a correlation between uh, the two things stated in that super chat. I think uh, they are both. 
monsters of the same clan, if you will. I think they are all stemming from that. And in Holly Holm talking about the sexualization of children, no doubt is Epstein and his little island uh, directly linked to that conversation. And uh, yeah, I could go on. We won't go on that tangent today. That's another day. <laughs> That's something Amla's angry about and has done a lot of research on. So always. Uh, always. Alex again says, also was wondering what our super chats go towards. Uh, well, sports cars, Rolexes. <laughs> yeah. uh, what else, Amala? No, they go uh, directly back into the show, into the content that we make here at PragerU. So, your your super chats are technically donations to a nonprofit. So, you can uh, sleep sleep tight at night, knowing yeah. that you're supporting the content that we make here, which is free for you guys. Yeah, we got to keep the lights on in the studio. We got to pay people to edit all these videos we're putting out every day. Yeah. Uh, we've got a great video coming out probably tomorrow of uh, Amala's visit to Cameron Haynes. So there, we had to travel there, shoot that whole thing. Uh, our Scott's been working on editing it all month and doing a great job. So you guys will see that. And so we're, we're constantly uh, with the notes of the grindstone working on content for you guys and your support allows us to do that, which by the way, donations to PragerU are triple matched this week. So if you want yeah. your $1 to have triple the impact of $3, you can go to PragerU.com slash donate and uh, contribute to the cause. Right. Sarah again. Oh no. Uh, sorry. I lost my place. No worries. Alfredo says, have you seen the 13 year old drag performing at the ballroom throwbacks television awards ball in New York city? Yes. It's shocking. Yes. And I did a somewhat of a deep dive into this kid's Instagram, which is run by his mother. And it's just, it's just insane. And this kid is getting opportunities to work on other shows with like, with the likes of Deborah messing and, you know, other famous Hollywood actors and stuff. It's, being encouraged. Uh, it's so crazy how anybody could look at what's happening in that video in particular, which I'll see if I can actually pull it up because I do believe maybe like, I think Steven Crowder shared it on Twitter for those of you who haven't seen that today or haven't heard of this video. I will search for it, but up oh, here it is. Sam, I think you've had the camera on me. This one. Oh, no. Yeah, here's the video. Uh, you guys see that? Yep. Well, that's awesome. That is a 13-year-old boy doing a drag performance in front of, I don't even know how many people, hundreds and hundreds of people doing a performance like that. But but it's not sexual, right? Drag is not sexual. You have a 13-year-old twerking uh, in a short, open-back dress in front of many adults, many of whom are men, uh, but it's not sexual. Rest assured, sleep tight at night. What do they say? Don't pee on me and tell me it's raining. Right, which is exactly uh, what everybody's doing. <laughs> Rock, paper, scissors says super chats fund spa days for the unapologetic crew. <laughs> I don't know about that. I need to. I feel like a spa day with Amla would be like an ice bath, and that doesn't sound very relaxing. <laughs> intense, intense spas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just Jen reacts says Trans Day of Vengeance, April first at eleven a.m. I don't know if it's an April Fool's Day joke, but I think they want a war because Tennessee passed a law saying no surgeries and hormones for minors. Yeah, so it it, it is interesting that this school shooting happened when I believe on March second Tennessee passed that legislation. So now we're twenty or so days out from that decision by the legislators in Tennessee, and now we have a, a school shooting uh, from a transgender person at a Christian school not to make the direct link as we don't 
have that, uh, of course, confirmed yet, but it is strange. Certainly strange. Yeah, the math would math in that case. Yep. Uh, Rosado Vid just gives a super chat. So thank you very much for that. No comment. Thank and you. a wonderful weird one says, one thing I find interesting is my generation's wanting attention. I wonder what caused it. Ah, what generation are you? Are you Gen Z? Is that what you're saying? Because I would imagine they're Gen Z. They've got like a art, you know, anime art, which I guess millennials and older <laughs> people watch it too. <laughs> we're just making, yeah, it probably is Gen Z, but Gen Z, yeah. We are, we're attention grabbers in this generation. Oh my gosh, it is true. And, you know, every generation talks about the next or whatever, and then they go back and forth. But this just seems just like an unprecedented issue that we're having in Gen Z right now with just everything, attention seeking, uh, depression, anxiety, the gender issues, uh, the race issues, everything, everything. Yeah, one of the photos that emerged of the shooter today was uh, her, him, her, her. receiving a mm -hmm. participation award for like being a part of a seminar for graphic design or something, but it was like a literal participation thing. So <sighs> anyway, just speaking of the mental health uh, issues compounding. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think this is the last one. We've got Joy says, I've always lived, uh, oh my gosh, my my screen is blocking this. I've always lived in a sort of conservative bubble in a very left area in a place that my vote doesn't make much of a difference. How do you think that I as a 20-year-old woman can make a difference? Talking about it, having the conversations, uh, supporting people who support your values is always uh, important. And doing so on the local level sometimes you know we live in areas where your vote is not going to carry through i'm coming at you guys right now from los angeles so i that my vote means f all <laughs> living here right now uh but still getting work done still having the conversation still talking to people still educating and you can do so on the smallest of scales just talking to people in your everyday lives who are pondering these issues, maybe don't know where to go on them, maybe don't have all the information. Uh, and it's a, it's a powerful thing to, to just try to do. But, you know, the best thing you can do is just live in your own values and be a role model and example for other people. So if you're a 20-year-old woman living in a relatively left area, you show who you are through the way that you live your life and your lifestyle choices. Uh, amen. And that's it, I think, for Super Chat. So thank you, guys. That's a great note, I think, to end the show on <laughs> because we had mm. some some very, very somber news today. I'm glad that you guys stuck around uh, through it with me while we had uh, this conversation. It's not fun to hear these things. It's not fun to talk about these things. But at least we're here together, listening, talking, growing, learning and all that good stuff that, that we humans do. Hug your children and your family uh, really tight today and tell them that you love them. I think that's an important message to carry through because you just never know. You never know what's going to happen in in this life, even irrespective of the news that we've heard today. So just lead a life of love and, and charm and wisdom and make your value shine in your lifestyle and be an example for other people. Guys, I'm so glad that you hung out with us today to talk about this. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day and uh, you live every moment to the fullest extent. We will see you tomorrow again with a video featuring Cam Haynes and following a day in his life. And of course, we'll be live again on Wednesday. We're live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern for about an hour, sometimes a little over if we want to hang out a little longer with you guys. And sign up for my email list where you get a weekly newsletter from me and content updates for everything that we put out. And if you want to continue this discussion further, meet a group of 
like-minded individuals from all different backgrounds and political ideologies who are just free thinking and willing to have a conversation, you can join our Discord. It's not always political. It's not always these cultural issues. You can share pictures of the food you ate today, your pets. You can talk about your family. You can talk about conundrums you're having in dating and friendships. Whatever it is you want to talk about, you can find people on the Discord to discuss. Even if you just want to share some fire memes, <laughs> you can do that on our Discord. It's in the link in the description down below. Guys. Thank you so much for being here today. We'll be back tomorrow.